0: Hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. Welcome back to our podcast. We are so glad that you are here and uh, looking forward to another day, another opportunity, another window of time for us to celebrate that which is ours. And that is this new way of living. And I hope, I truly hope that that is what you claim. Uh, We, I love it. We're in the... Uh, there's a solution in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous that says that we have discovered a way out on which we can live in uh, join, actually, in brotherly and harmonious action. Uh, you know, today's podcast is is not something I always like to talk about because it has a tendency to be negative and to dwell on something. I would rather not dwell on, and I'll try not to dwell on it. I'll try not to dig us a a deeper hole than it already is. Uh, As we approach the holidays, to not touch on the dangers of relapse would be like swimming in the ocean and not discussing with you rip currents and how dangerous they can be in terms of disorienting us from shore or pulling us further out it is a known risk in swimming in the ocean or we can we, we can extrapolate this or, or cross example this to a number of different things that's the first thing that comes to mind and especially if you're new or relatively new to recovery, Uh, your first set of holidays, your second set of holidays, we we make them more challenging than they are, and many succumb to that challenge and relapse. Now, I'm not completely dismissing the emotional upheaval and challenge that comes from the holidays and families and get-togethers and the uh, propensity to promote alcohol and and a, uh, a carefree lifestyle. And after all, it is just one, right? Uh, so I do understand that element and I do want to discuss it. I actually did a, um, a podcast or a blog rather, Back uh, And you might go ahead and read this uh, for yourself. It was called Preventing Relapse. And it was just back in October where I began to explore it because I knew the holidays were coming. But as we approach Thanksgiving and the other holidays that you celebrate uh, as an individual or you celebrate with others, the likelihood is we are going to be put into a position where we... Uh, have to decide right do we drink or do we not drink do we partake or not partake and hopefully you've made that decision every day when you wake up and to whatever degree you need to confirm that decision throughout your day you do so having said that um, preventing relapse is ongoing it's more challenging in the beginning but it's just as important with my time than it is with yours. We just maybe do different things. Yours may be more urgent and more drastic because they're new to you than they are to me because I've been doing them for decades. Or my friend Scott or Debbie or any of the others who, who are in 10, 15, 20, 30 years of, of sobriety. But we still prevent, right? preventing is never done any more than our recovery journey is ever done, as ever done. I might do things a little differently than you do, uh, maybe with a little less emotion and a little less fanfare, but the things I'm doing today in my personal recovery, to not only stay clean and sober, but happy, joyous and free, to be that person who insists on enjoying life, I'm still doing the same things that Steve and, and Scott and Eddie and Buddy and Will and Jack uh, and others taught me early on, I just do them maybe a little bit differently, maybe a little more subtly, maybe a little more deeply. I just want to make sure that you are on good footing, right? Because, again, if this is your first or or even uh, second or third Uh, holiday Uh, maybe you come across people that you don't see very often and when you do you want to drink around them for one reason or another maybe they just annoy the crap out of you and getting that relief from uh, them uh, is um, uh, important or necessary just to reduce their impact on you or maybe you just have so much fun with this person Maybe the memory you have with them uh and the fun you had with them had to do with drinking or using, and you want to recapture that that moment uh I originally pulled this information from psychology today, and it talks about the the, the title of it um uh by by Omar uh uh, Menjiwala, uh, uh, a uh, doctor in psychology, in, in talking about craving, the title of the article, and you might want to go look at it psychology today, the title is, How Often Do Long-Term Sober Alcoholics and Addicts Relapse? How often do they relapse? And this was actually pulled, I guess, um, part and parcel because of... Um, there was, a, there was an actor, uh, Philip Seymour, and a very good actor, very tragic death, um, very funny person, very talented person, um, and he uh, overdosed, he relapsed and died, and it seemed that he, many people said that he um, had been uh, abstinent from alcohol and drugs for over two decades. So it raised a, a set of questions. Now, if these things are true of a person in their susceptibility for over two decades, and obviously they're true for me at over three decades, and they're likely true for you, maybe even more so uh, in your first year or two years. But some of, the, some of the questions you may have asked yourself, again, pulling from this article... Do people who get sober actually stay sober? That's a good question. Maybe something you've asked yourself as you approach this holiday season. Can't you ever be free of addiction? Are you always at risk of relapse? Another great question is, is there some period when, like cancer, you are considered to be cured. And then there's another bullet here. Isn't staying sober for a long period of time at least somewhat protective? Great questions, and and I want to walk through some of them because I think they're very relevant to what you may be going through right now as you approach the holidays or will be going through Uh, oftentimes these things, these questions, they hit us in an emotional vacuum and we have to be prepared to answer them and address them, that emotion, uh, in advance so we don't respond emotionally but act intelligently, right? Uh, In in, uh, Tuesday's podcast, it talks about Um, We weren't assigned a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Relapse is usually a result or response to some type of fear which isn't ours. It, It wasn't given to us because the opposite of fear is often trust. And we are to trust in our higher power to the best of our ability as often as possible. Therefore, we walk in the spirit of, of peace and of love and of a sound mind. So hopefully this podcast will help get you back to that position. And for some of you, you may need to re-listen to it more than once to get that confidence that you need to get you through what could be a challenging time for you. So, the first question that is posed The first question that is that is posed by Omar here is do people who get sober actually stay sober? It's a great question. For me, it was no and yes. Now, obviously, you know, the, the story isn't completely told on me. But no, in that I did relapse. So I did get sober. I relapsed at 71 days. I came back to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous And i've been now clean and sober since april 25th of 1986 right so no and i probably will right i probably will stay sober and stay sober right now what's great about that is stay sober we have one day at a time so my intention for all of you individuals out there who want to remind me that it's one day at a time i get it i know it but it's a program designed for living so i have every intention of one day at a time staying clean and sober for the rest of my life which is not a bad way to live right why would i intend to not be sober for the rest of my life. That wouldn't be any fun. I'd be waiting for the other shoe to drop, and as I told my friend Wendy, I don't even think there's another shoe. But do people who get sober actually stay sober? Well, I know countless people who have. Some are four and five years, like Wendy and Chaz and, and Tess, and Chris and Mary and Angela and Debbie and Scott and Melissa and Scott Shields and and Buddy and Eddie and Steve and Slow Will, my sponsor Jack at 44 years. I mean, I could go on. I mean, there's like a laundry list of people who got sober and are staying sober. So yes, it can be done. I know numerous people who have died sober members of recovery. So it it can be true. And and it's really tragic in the case of Mr. Seymour, case of Philip Seymour, when you hear about someone who after two decades of recovery dies of of an apparent overdose, how tragic is that? It wasn't that they did something wrong as much as it was they stopped doing the right things which led them to doing something wrong doing something wrong didn't start the process stop their stop doing something right ushered in to doing something wrong just the absence of doing the right things opens the door to the wrong things. Right? If I don't promote self-care through positive self-talk and reassurance, eventually, negativity and my lack of self-care will creep in. That's just natural. I mean, In in, in nature, we call that gravity. If we believe, and I've used this metaphor many times, and it's so prevalent in this conversation, if if life is uphill, and it is for most of us, every now and then we get to coast, right? We find a plateau, an even spot where we can just sort of take our feet off the pedals and coast and enjoy the ride. It's a beautiful thing. But for the most part, I need to keep my foot on the gas because I know eventually if I don't, this thing called gravity will slow my progress to a point where I will eventually stop. And if I'm on an incline at all, the likelihood is I will begin to go backward, especially if life is uphill. Even to the smallest degree, I will go backward if I stop pedaling or accelerating for too long. That is when I believe people who were intended to stay sober forever don't. I believe in God as my higher power. You have a power that's greater than yourself. Why would the God who created you and designed you for greatness want you anything but sober? So if I'm not sober and living that sober life, and I'm not just talking about the abstinence of of substance or behavior, whether it's food, whether it's pornography, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's bulimia, anorexia, gambling, God wants me to live this life. So in order to not be contrary to God, I can stay this way because I can then use his power to sustain me and to be my sobriety. Not part of my sobriety, not an indication of my sobriety, but God could and would if he were sought. We stood at the turning point. We asked his care and protection with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. The minute I stop trusting, the minute I stopped doing that, just like in my relationship with Laura, the minute I stop trusting her as my partner in our marriage, what do you think is going to happen to our marriage? Exactly. It's not going to be what either one of us want it to be. So we keep working, we keep striving the same way. And I believe that people, unless it's a traumatic experience, folks, I believe people who get sober, who don't stay sober, relapse because they stop doing the things that got them sober in the first place. The next one is, can you ever be free of addiction? Are you always at risk of relapse? Well, the answer is no and yes. I'm free in my spirit, but my body's not free because I have an addictive component, obsessive compulsive disorder. Disorder, as I was diagnosed um, from the uh, Las Vegas psychiatric uh, center back in the early 80s, obsessive compulsive disorder, and the prognosis was I would never get well. Now, this psychiatrist did not know I would find Alcoholics Anonymous and become well. But can you ever be free of your addiction again? The answer is no and yes. Because I do have freedom. I am free. I don't live in the bondage of addiction. I don't live waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't live wondering if I'm going to drink or use again. I just live according to life, according to the spiritual realm that I've been rocketed into. And am I always at risk? Well, yes, of course I am. We are at risk when we take risk. Now, my risk is minimized in almost to a nil degree when I do the things I want to do, but of course we're at risk. That's why we do what we do. I'm always at risk to be harmed when I don't look out for my safety. I mean, I'm at risk to be accosted if I park in places that don't appear to be safe. If I ignore the warning signs and I don't pay attention to others and to lighting, Of course I can put myself in a precarious position where people who don't care about me or my well-being make me subject to risk. So, yes, all the more reason why I stay in recovery. Is there some period, and these, I think they're all legitimate, I think every newcomer asks themselves these things, is there some period when, like cancer, you are considered to be cured? The answer is an emphatic no. I'm, I'm never cured. But the good news is, I don't need to be, right? Um, I have melanoma cancer. A few years ago, I was diagnosed. Thank God Laura was paying attention because it just looked like a little spot, though it wasn't a very attractive spot. And she said, you know, you need to go see Dr. Williams. You need to get in and go see our dermatologist because I don't like the looks of this. Well, Dr. Williams took one look at it and said, I think we have a problem. So he did an aggressive biopsy, found out it was pretty uh, aggressive melanoma, and he took a gouge out of my arm. Fortunately, it's healed a little bit and covered by one of my tattoos. But I have a pretty big scar, about six inches long, and he went about three inches deep down to the muscle because he wanted to make sure he got everything there. So he got everything, but he would never be, consider me cured, right? But I don't need to be. So now in the beginning, I would go in every three months and then every six months and then every year. Now we don't have to go back for two years to have this thing checked out. The likelihood is it's not going to come back but i don't need i don't need to be cured of cancer i just need it to be in remission i just need to know that i can go live a life and not worry about dying from it but check it periodically do that checkup right to make sure that if it doesn't come back and if it does look like it's showing itself we take appropriate measures and action and we get it back into remission again. I'm very confident. I don't worry day in and day out about my melanoma. I look at the scar and it's a reminder, just like I look at some of the scars from my past relationships and things that I did in my addiction. They're an indication that I was this person, but according to the relationships I have today with my daughter, Kathleen, you would never know that I was the father who abandoned Kathleen. You would never know that of Carol as well. Because of the relationship we have. Are the scars still there? Of course they are. But as long as I live this life and I treat them with respect and honor and as this new person, it's it's not going to show itself again. Again, you would never know. If, If you saw us together, you would never have any indication that at one time I abandoned them and at one time they were wondering if they were ever going to forgive me and get through. There's no indication of that. Matter of fact, with my tattoos, you can't even see my scar. It's it's covered up, and certainly with, with shirts on, you have no idea, right? So, But then again, I don't need to be cured, and we don't need to be cured of our addiction. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual conditioning, and that's good enough for me, and I hope that that is good enough for you. Now, isn't staying sober? This is a great point right here. I love Omar's sensitivity here. And again, go to Psychology Today and look up this article. Isn't staying sober for a long time at least somewhat protective? You know, the answer is yes. It is very protective. It's not to be taken for granted we don't rest on our laurels, but there is a protection because as I was sharing with my friend Steve the other day who was instrumental in my early recovery, Steve M, he's got over 35 years of personal recovery now, and and as I heard from Brian Suits from A Dark Secret Place on KFI in LA, really cool cat, not even in recovery, but one time on one of his podcasts he said that that there is a particular quality that quantity has. So the longer we stay sober, the more enriched our life has become, the more of a buffer we put between almost a protective shield against that old way of living and this new life that we have chosen. Kind of like just like a bank account, right? Uh, Depending upon how much money you have in your account, determines how withdrawn you can be or what it's going to take for you to withdraw and drain that account. Well, we're always, hopefully in our recovery, we're making deposits. And because we're not perfect, we're even making withdrawals. The key and that protective nature to lifelong recovery one day at a time is based on depositing more when that you withdraw. And as long as I continue to do that, the likelihood is I'm gonna be just fine. Again, do I, am I cured? Is there a guarantee? Well, no, but I don't need one. Do you? Do you need a guarantee that something is not going to befall you? Do you need a guarantee that you're not going to come down with a virus or disease? Do you need a guarantee to enjoy life? Do you need to guarantee that you're going to live forever in order to enjoy this day? No. But we want to put as much distance between who we were from who we are. And we do that by practicing these principles in all our affairs. How long do we practice them? Forever. How much do we practice them to the best of our ability? I think these were great questions. Don't you? I want you to go back and listen to this again if you're in a precarious position at all. Because I guarantee you that when we do recovery right, relapse is always a possibility, but just because something's possible doesn't mean it has to be likely. We might not ever fully be able to remove the possibility, but we can diminish the likelihood. And that's what we do in recovery one day at a time for the rest of our life. We don't put ourselves in situations and in positions that would put us at unnecessary risk that would remove or dissolve that protective sleeve between us and the old man or woman that old person we were, we become a new creature, right? We stop living in that fear, as I mentioned in Tuesday's podcast, and we start living and walking in peace and in love and in a sound mind. I want you to reach out to me. If you're having a challenge uh, this holiday season with staying in recovery, I have gone on a sliding scale for my life and sober coaching that until after new year if you can't afford a coach i don't want that to be a reason you don't reach out to me obviously if you have the resources there 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 is a an element for my services but if you honestly tell me we're going to be on the honor system if you honestly tell me robert i need your help please DM me, please call me, please let me message you, please let me have a session with you. I'm not gonna tell you no, because this is a season of giving. And if I have a desire to receive, then I must give. Show me someone who does not receive, and I will show you someone who who is stingy. So I wanna give to you whatever I can, so contact me, reach out to me, message me. Let's set up a time, whether you can afford it or not. You can't afford not to call me because I'm very affordable. <laughs> Just let me know that, Robert, I don't have the resources. Would you please reach out and help me? And I will say yes, yes, yes. Find me at recoveryguide.org. Find me on your favorite podcast channel. Find me on the Recovery Guy on Facebook. Find me at recovery underscore guy on Instagram. Go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy to give a monthly donation, a contribution as it were. Go to Venmo at Robert hyphen pardon hyphen three. Give what you can give. But more important than what you can give, it's who you can give. Everyone can afford to give back what we were freely given. As always, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.